morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand up with us? Hey, we've survived another week, right? Amen. We're thankful to be here. Let's praise the Lord together. this morning. Welcome to Kavanaugh Church. You guys having a good day? All right, good. And those online, thank you so much for tuning in. It is good to have you. It's good to be back in God's house 
as a church family. It's really awesome. We've been praying for you all week, and we've been praying that as you've come here today, uh, we can kind of put everything that's been going on outside in the world kind of out of our minds and just live in the moment with Jesus here, uh, be encouraged, know about his hope, and pursue what is to come in him. So I am so excited to see you guys, and again, glad you're here. So I'm going to invite you all to stand back up, kind of get our exercise in. What we like to do here, we're going to ask God to bless our services this morning. Bow with, the, bow with me. Lord, we love you. And again, thank you so much for bringing us back together, God. I, I know there's so much going on, God. Um, and Lord, I just want to lift it all up to you. We lift up everything to you, God, right now. But all, even those distractions right now, God, I'm asking that you take those out of our minds and out of our way right now and help us to also lift our eyes up to you and to focus on you, God. Because what you have in store for us today is really, really awesome. And we want our full attention to you, God. So help us get to that spot. Be with the worship team as they continue to lead us in worship this morning. Direct our hearts to you. And then as Brother Will brings us the message, God, help us to be the people you want us to be. Help us to focus in on that. We love you so much. And again, thank you. So thankful that you brought us here today in your name. Amen. Let's continue to worship.
Father, we love you. And we just adore you this morning and we praise you for who you are. And, and we're so thankful, God, for your love for us and for your presence in our lives and your presence in this place this morning. God, I just I pray that you would continue to move. As we hear from your word this morning, I, I pray that you would open our ears and open our hearts. And God, that we would hear what you have to say to us. I pray that you would speak. their ministry this morning. Glad that you're here. Welcome to those who are in person, and we greet those who are watching online as well. Well, this morning I have a hope, all right? and my hope has a name. His name is Jesus, and uh, my hope is not in this life. My hope is in the life to come, in eternity, in heaven. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that if in this life we only have hope, we are of all people most miserable. And we would be, but our hope is in heaven. And so this morning I am going to deviate from what I was planning on preaching uh, because my, my whole week has really been consumed with this thought of heaven. Uh, our church has taken a big hit this week. We've had several people in our church and associated with our church who have passed away this week and gone to heaven. Um, one of, one of our, our board members, a uh, man who at one time was chairman of our church board, has taught Sunday school here for years and was one of the main pillars of Kavanaugh Church. Charlie Wagner uh, went home to be with the Lord Wednesday afternoon. And uh, I, have, I have cried uh, uh, tears of sorrow but yet within my heart, overshadowing that sorrow is great joy. Because I know where Brother Charlie is today. And I know that one day I'm going to be able to see him again. So my mind this week has just been flooded with heaven. Heaven is sounding sweeter all the time. Amen. And, and so I just want to just share with you today on a personal one-on-one -on -one basis some of the things that I've been reminded of and have learned new this week about this place called heaven. What kind of a place is heaven? We're going to discover that this morning. Uh, but as I was working on the sermon, I just, I just went in, in all kinds of places, and that's not good for a preacher when he just goes everywhere. Uh, so I had to draw back in. But, but really, it deviated from what I was thinking about heaven when I considered how people view heaven. And I don't know how many people we have in this room or watching online, but you know what? You have your own concept of heaven that has been formed over the years by what you've heard Sunday school teachers or preachers say or what the world has said. And everybody has a little different take on heaven. And what is amazing is how the majority of the world, those people outside of church and outside the family of faith, view eternity. In fact, I want to show you a little video. Watch it because we may take a test. No, we won't. We won't do that.
you believe in a heaven? Yes. Okay, um, and what's it like there? Ooh, I haven't gone that far into thinking about it. Uh, I couldn't tell you that. Who do you think gets to go to heaven? Um, everyone. I would say. What is heaven like? Well, I really don't know exactly what it's like, you know, but in a sense, it is like for each individual personal thing for every individual as far as their life is concerned as you live you can make your own heaven in your opinion how do you get to heaven uh god chooses you brings you to the light it says come on with me i'm taking you up in your opinion who gets to go to heaven um people that's that's that given their life to jesus and that's doing right do you believe in a hell? Not really. I just believe that people that don't get to go to heaven, I really don't know where they'll be. Do you believe in a heaven? Yes. Okay. Um, in your opinion, what's it like? Well, I guess it would be, uh, I don't know, like the Bible says, you know, I just treat some gold. God take care of everybody, and everybody be happy. How do you get there? Well, you better live a pretty good life. Um, do you believe in heaven? Sometimes. Yeah, what do you mean by sometimes? I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to explain. Uh, kind of depending on the day I'm having. Sometimes yeah, I'll believe it. Sometimes I won't. Um, in your opinion, who do you who gets to go to heaven? I don't know. Who am I to judge? No idea. Do you believe in a heaven? I believe in heaven. Yeah, yes, yeah. I do. I do. Yes, I do. And what's it like there? It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. It's a good life. It's, um, there is no taxes. Uh, there is no dollars. No money. A lot of beautiful women. A lot of beautiful women. Oh, thanks. That's less beautiful than my wife. Do you believe in an afterlife? Yes. Yes. And as a matter of fact, if I, it seems to me that reincarnation, although I don't really subscribe to that, but that makes a lot of sense. It's recycling. <laughs> Do you believe in a heaven? Sure. Oh, you're asking. Get <laughs> <laughs> a can of worms right here. I wouldn't call it heaven. I believe something out there. Sure. And what's it like? What's it like? And maybe have you ever seen the movie Defending Your Life? Um, it's sort of like a way station as you go on to some other life and uh, where you kind of look back on what you did and see if you've learned or not. But it's not like a heaven. Do you believe in a hell? Uh, not really. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. And there you have it. Tell you what, let's open up a can of worms. <laughs>
you want to. Uh, interesting observations, right? Uh, a lot of people don't believe in eternity. They don't believe in heaven. No one interviewed in, in these interviews believed in the reality of hell, which is really interesting. And we're going to come back and, and talk about that at the end of the sermon. But, but today I want to talk about heaven, all right? Because I don't know about you, I believe in heaven, yeah. all right? And, and so let's read what the Bible says about this place called heaven. I've been studying this past week Revelation chapter 21. I'm just going to look at verses 1 through 8. And this is what John the Revelator wrote. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. That's the reality of where we live right now. This will all pass away, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Also, there was no more sea. Interesting statement there. We'll talk about that in a moment. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. And God, verse 4 is one of my favorite, see if you enjoy this with me, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word as I speak it on the outside. Would you please speak this word into our hearts? Help us to understand what heaven is all about, and dear Lord, that we can go there. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So I just want to spend a few minutes with you this morning talking about this place called heaven. This past week, as I studied Revelation 21, 1 through 8, seven things kind of appeared to me that described this place called heaven. So I'm going to talk fast because there are seven descriptions here, and I want you to see them all. Number one, heaven is a real place. Heaven is a real place. Look at verse number 2 of chapter 21. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Heaven is called the New Jerusalem. It has the features of a city. There are streets and gates and houses and mansions. It is a literal place. There is a real place called heaven. And we believe that by faith. 
As a believer in Jesus Christ, I believe the Word of God as it's written. I believe everything in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I believe that in the beginning God spoke and He created everything out of nothing. I believe in His plan of salvation. I believe what He says about eternity. And God tells us heaven is a real place. And I just take it for, you know, people can have their opinion. And I'm glad that you have your opinion. But there is something that supersedes our opinions, and that is truth. And this is the truth of the Word of God. So, number one, heaven's a real place. You're thinking, hot dog, if he's this short on every point, we're going to... Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Number two, heaven is a prepared place. Remember what Jesus said back in John chapter 14, verse 2? Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you can be also. And here's what John says in verse 2 of chapter 21 in the book of Revelation. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared... As a bride adorned for her husband. So Jesus promised us in John 14, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And now John is saying, here comes this new Jerusalem. It has been prepared by God for us. Back over in John chapter 14, Jesus went on to say, in my father's house are many mansions. He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you so that you can be with me. And in my father's house, there are many mansions. That's a cool concept, isn't it? And I know growing up in church, hearing that word mansion kind of got everybody excited. I mean, you, you might be excited right now thinking, hot dog, man, I'm going to get a mansion when I get to heaven. Because I don't know that any of us really live in a mansion, do we? You've got your concept or your thinking of what your mansion is going to look like. I, I, I really don't know what that means, to tell you the truth. Some translations just talk about rooms or dwelling places. In fact, I, I don't know that we need to get caught up on that word mansion or that word room. What we really need to get caught up on is the word right before it that says many. In my Father's house are many, whether it be mansions or rooms or places for you. What the concept is, there's plenty of room for you in heaven. It's a great place. It's a place that God has prepared for you. My Father's house. I came here in 1997. The first month I was here, I don't remember if it was on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, we had youth night. Remember Eric Youth Nights? And the youth came in, and they had full charge of the service. They, they did the music. They did a drama, I remember. And they, somebody spoke the, the word of God. But I'll never forget the, one of the songs they sang, old audio adrenaline song, Big House. And I, I was kind of sitting back there thinking, okay. <laughs> you know, because back in, anyway, it, it was a great song. It, my father's house, my fa in my father's, come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. Big, big table with lots and lots of foot. Big, big yard where we can play football. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know the theology about that third thing there, but you know what? It's my father's house. The big, big house. And, and come, go with me to my father's house. You, you know what? It is our father's house. He's prepared it. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, 
You've got a place there. You have a room there. Now, how many of y'all can go back to the house you were born in to the room that you had growing up? Can anybody in, say, I can go back to my family home and I, I can go to my room? Can Raise your hand if you can, because I wanna really want to see. Okay, so a few of you, not many. I can't, mom, dad, I can't do that because our house in Midland that I was raised in, somebody bought that property, three acres, and they, can you believe they tore our house down? My mom and dad built that house, and these people had the audacity to tear that house down. Why? It wasn't big enough for them. And they built another house, another foundation on top of the house that we had there. So I can't go back. Wally, I can't go back to my bedroom, which was down the hall on the right side. I can't go physically back to that room. But you know what, Keenan, sometimes I mentally do that. I, I don't know why I do it. I just, I just want to go back to my room because there's, there's just something about thinking about that. The room I grew up in, it's my room. All three of my kids were raised on Cary Lane. I, you know, I hope we live in that house and, until we die and then they have to deal with all of our junk. You know, but all three of my kids have their room, and when they come home, they want to go to their room. I was talking to my middle daughter, Callie, last night, and, and I don't know why I did this, but to talk to her, I went to her bedroom, and I just sat in her room because I was talking to, to my daughter. On the, there's, there's something great about that, having your room. Let me tell you something. If you believe in Jesus, you've got a room in heaven. God has prepared it for you. Third thing I want you to know about heaven is it is a perfect place. Look again at verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Here's the word prepared as a, what's the description? Bride adorned for her husband. Now, I've done a whole lot of weddings in my ministry, hundreds of them. And I, I can tell you, there is nothing as beautiful as a bride coming down the center aisle on her wedding day. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. I don't care who they are. They're, they're beautiful. Now, I will admit to you that I've seen some pretty homely little girls <laughs> at Friday night rehearsal. <laughs> not here, not at Kavanaugh Church. That, other places I've pastored. I've, I've seen some pretty homely little girls at rehearsal who all of a sudden are transformed into this drop-dead, gorgeous bride on Saturday afternoon. Why? Because everything is perfect. Their hair has been professionally done. It's perfect. Their makeup has been professionally done. It's perfect. That dress that their daddy's paid a... <laughs> is perfect and they walk down that aisle and they are perfect they're beautifully adorned brides would, would you agree with me we've got a lot of pictures in our house photos of our family all over the place the two prettiest pictures we have are of our two daughters in their wedding gowns Callie and Whitney on either end of our hallway they're just they are absolutely gorgeous they're perfect and heaven is that way Heaven is perfect. It's perfect in its newness. It is called here new. 
the new heaven and the new earth. Why? Because the old heavens and the old earth have been destroyed. And in their place, God has made something that is absolutely perfect. And we get to go there. In verse 1, it says, there will be no more sea. What does that mean? Well, sea separa uh, represents separation. And in heaven, there is going to be no separation from that which is most important, and that is being with the Lord. In heaven, there is no sickness and death. Everything that has been tragically destroyed by sin has been perfectly and beautifully restored in heaven. Church, listen to me. Heaven is a perfect place. Because it's perfect, only perfection will be allowed in it, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Number four, heaven is a personal place. And here's where it kind of gets pretty cool. Look at, look at the next verse, verse number three. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. You see, the greatest thing about heaven is that we will enjoy unbroken fellowship for all eternity with God in our newly fashioned bodies. What do I mean by that? Well, listen to 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And the Bible also tells us that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So at some point in time, we're going to go through a change. We're going to go through a transformation. And that change and that transformation is going to happen when Jesus Christ comes back for his redeemed, for his church. Here on planet earth, it tells us we live by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith and not by sight. But when we get to heaven, we will live by both sight and by faith. Our relationship and our fellowship with God will be more personal than we could ever have imagined while here on planet earth. This, friends, is the glory of heaven. What is the glory of heaven? It's being in the presence of God. We're going to have a body like he has a perfect body, and we're going to be in the presence of God for all eternity. You know, we, we sing songs about heaven, don't we? we? We sing songs about the pearly gates and the streets of gold and the mansions. We, we talk about spending time in heaven, talking to Paul and Abraham. But, but let me tell you something. The glory of heaven is none of that. The reason the streets are paved with solid gold is because gold is nothing compared to the presence of God. The reason the gates are made out of precious stone and pearl is because they are nothing compared to the glory of God. Oh, church, that's what I long to live for, to live in the presence of God. It's a personal place where you get to be with him, the, the one who created you for all of eternity. Number five, heaven is also a peaceful place. Verse four is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. 
There shall be no more pain for all the former things, all this junk that we've put up with all of our life on planet Earth has passed away. You know what? On, on a weekly basis, I, I see my share of tears and crying and mourning and pain. It's been a tough week for many of the families in our church. Several people, we've had four deaths within our church or people related to our church family. That, that is tough. That, I, have, I have wept this week. Brother Ken just told me of another friend that he and I have who, who passed away this week as well. I'm, I'm grieving over his death, Ken. He's a good friend. I know to you, he's a good friend to me. tough living on life, life here on earth, isn't it? It's a tough life. There, there's pain. How many of y'all felt pain this week? How many of y'all feel pain like 24 hours a day, seven days a week? How many of y'all have ever been hurt, hurt, hurt so bad that it went to the very core of your heart? You don't think you'll ever get over that pain, that hurt? That's what life here on earth is all about. It, it's, a, it's a struggle. It's tough. You know what? God's going to take all that away. In heaven, I think we could clap about that. In heaven, there's going to be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more hurt. It's all gone. Spoke earlier about Charlie Wagner. Charlie, Charlie was just a pillar of this church. Had great testimony of, of how he was saved right here at Cavanaugh Church. God changed his life. Uh, Charlie Wagner was one of the greatest Sunday school teachers uh, that our church has, has really ever had. Uh, tell you what, Charlie Wagner could pray, couldn't he? Love to hear that man pray. I loved it when Charlie prayed for me. Uh, but greatest compliment Brother Charlie ever gave me is, is he said to me numerous times, he said, Preacher, I love to hear you preach. Hey, I mean, Charlie just enjoyed preaching, all right? What a, what a great man. What a big loss to his family. What a great loss to our church family. You, it's hard to replace people like Charlie Wagner. You know what? I know where Charlie is today. He's with the Lord, and as I said on Wednesday night, if you were to offer Charlie all the money this world has to offer to come back and live life here on earth again, he would turn it down because he's in a better place. He is in a peaceful place. Let me go on. Number six, heaven is a pleasing place. What do I mean by that? Well, look at verse six. And he said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end, I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Church will be totally consumed with that which is ultimately satisfying when we get to heaven. Knowing and loving God. Now, I'm, I'm not for sure exactly um, what heaven is going to be like, but, but, but I, I kind of think of it in these terms. I gave my life to Jesus. I'm a born-again Christian. I know I'm going to heaven. But I'm preparing for heaven. As I live on planet Earth, I'm, I'm preparing to go to heaven. My, my heart, okay, my heart is kind of like a reservoir to hold the things of God. 
And I know that when I get to heaven, God is going to fill my reservoir that I have built, my container, to overflowing. That's the pleasing thing about heaven. God is going to you remember that, fill my cup, Lord. Well, when you get to heaven, he's really going to fill it. So you right now, if you're a believer, you are preparing your container, your heart, to hold the things of God. And some of you, when you get to heaven, your container, your heart, is going to be, I kind of hate to say this, but it's going to be the size of a thimble. Just tiny. You've been saved, but you know what? You're more concerned about everything else going on in this world right now than you are for God. And you haven't been building your container and expanding your heart for the things of God. But you know what? When you get to heaven, God is going to fill your thimble. It's going to be awesome. Some of you, your, your container, your heart is about the size of my water bottle or the coffee mug you drank out of this morning. That's your container. And you know what? When you get to heaven, God, God's going to fill that container and it, it's going to be satisfying. It's going to be great. But others of you in this room, your container, your heart is about the size of a... Um, how about a water tower? You, you know, up on top of the hill up here, Fianna Hills, a big golf ball? Y'all, can y'all see that right now in your mind? What, what if yours is that big? Now, why would, why would I say that, a, a, a water tower? Well, you've walked with God here in this life. And you've been more in love with Jesus than you have with the things of this world. You've set your mind on things above, not on things below. You have laid up treasures in heaven, not on planet earth. And so your capacity for the things of God are enormous. Your heart for God is big because you're more in love with God than you are anything else. God really is number one in your life, not just with your mouth, but with your life. Are you with me? And so your container is just, it's ginormous. Now, all these people die and go to heaven. The, the person whose heart is the size of a thimble, God's going to fill that heart with, with his blessings to overflow, and, and it's going to be amazing. The, the person who has the container the size of my water bottle, their, their life is going to be filled, and it's going to be great. But you know what? For those of you who have that water tower container, man, dude, maybe you're going to think in your mind, is it going to be worth it all? It, Will it be worth it? I mean, all, all the sacrifices I made while I was here on planet Earth, all, all the things that I said no to, all, all the things I said yes to God to, is it really going to be worth it? And then God starts pouring into your water tower his blessings to full and overflowing until it just kind of busts until you can't even contain all of the glory of God. Wow! Yeah, it'll be worth it, man. As I learned to live by faith, a life totally sustained by confidence and faith in God, in this life, I am creating my reservoir. I'm building my container. And the motivation is that the more I seek after the things of God in this life, the greater will be my fulfilling when I stand before him in heaven. Does that make sense to you? Dude, it's going to be awesome. My advice to you is not only to 
accept Jesus as your Savior, but to pursue Jesus in this life. Heaven's going to be better because of that. One more thing, number seven. Heaven is a populated place. Now, chapter 21 deals with this both negatively and positively. Let's look at the negative aspect of it in verses 7 and 8 first. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. He shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, contrary to what our interviewees think, hell is a real place too. Did you notice that in the interviews not a single person believed in hell? Hell is just as real as heaven. And and this passage tells us not about the people who are in heaven, but the people who are in hell. These people will be excluded from heaven. Remember I said a while ago that heaven is perfect? Only perfect people are allowed in heaven. If God allowed someone who is not perfect to go to heaven, then heaven wouldn't be perfect anymore. You say, well, that's, that's crazy. None of us are perfect. No, we're not on our own, but we can be made perfect. So who is it that gets into heaven? Well, the last verse of chapter 21 tells us, verse 27 of Revelation 21. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. Again, he's going on from what he said back up in verse 8. These kind of people will not be allowed in heaven. But only those who are written in what? The Lamb's book of life. So church, it's really interesting. There, there is a book that is called the Lamb's Book of Life. The reason it's called the Lamb's Book of Life is because God's perfect Lamb, His Son Jesus, died on the cross to save us from our sins. And if you believe in Jesus, as the Bible says, if you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, if you pray that prayer... Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you are the Savior. Come into my life and save me. Then Jesus will save you, and your name will be written in his book, the Lamb's Book of Life. The only names in that book are the names of people who accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And only those people whose names are written in the book are going to get to go to heaven. It's that simple. Now, I think you saw it in the video. I've also read where people who believe in heaven, okay, not everybody believes in heaven, but those who believe in heaven, roughly three-fourths of them feel that they have a better than average chance of getting into heaven. Okay, are you with me? For people who believe in heaven, not everybody believes, but for those who believe in heaven, they think they have three quarters of a chance to make it into heaven. And, and the important word in that statement is the word chance. But look at me. Dude, you don't want to leave this to chance. This is not about the odds What we're talking about here is all of eternity. You need to know 
for sure that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And again, some of you are backing up and saying, well, you can't be sure of that. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Bible says you can. Let me, let me put it like this. If you were to ask me, Will, do you know for sure that you're married? Ask Nathan to ask me that first service. I'm going to ask Jason. Jason asked me, Will, do you know for sure that you're married? Yes! 100%. No chance to it. How do I know that I'm married? Because on May the 14th, 1983, I was standing on the stage of the Norman First Free Will Baptist Church with some of my buddies and my preacher, Joe Grizzle. I don't know. It's Norman First Church, but it was right about here. And I looked, and here she came. Most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. Straight from Corning, Arkansas. Not dead gorgeous. She walked up on that stage. She said, I do. I said, I do. And we did. Right there. We got married. I know that I'm married. Ain't no doubt about it. And in the same way, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm saved. How do I know that? Because in 1967, when I was six years old, I was at the Westside Free Will Baptist Church on a Sunday night. My pastor, Brother Zellers, preached a message on hell, and he scared it out of me. And I came down to the altar, and he said, William, why are you here? I said, I don't want to go to hell. He said, you don't have to go to hell. You need to ask Jesus into your heart. He led me through the Romans' road to salvation. I prayed that prayer, and that night, my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So you know what? I'm going to heaven. My name's in the book. Now, marrying Angie was a big decision, but accepting Jesus is the most important decision. And you've got to choose. You've got to make that decision. Let me close with this, this illustration, okay? Suppose that you could not only get a glimpse of heaven, but you could also just get a glimpse of hell. You say, well, how could you do that? Well, let's just imagine that you get on this elevator, and you push the bottom button, and you go down, down, down. It's like you're going down, down, down in a burning ring of fire because that elevator's heating up, baby. And when the door opens, what you see and what you sense is totally horrific and unbelievable. You have never seen anything like this before. It is a literal lake of fire, and there are people everywhere burning but not consumed. And the first person you see, you yell, how did you get here? What did you do to get into this place? Were you Hitler or Saddam Hussein? And they look at you. They say, no. I got here because I didn't believe. And the door shuts, and you go up, up, up. Those doors reopen. 
and your senses go into overdrive because you have never seen anything like you're looking at. It is perfection. It is heaven. It is the light of God. And the first person you see, you ask, what did you do to, to get here? Were, were you Billy Graham or Mother Teresa? And they say, no. I got here because I believed. And that's just the way it is. So please, please, come, go with me to my father's house. Dude, it's a big, big house, lots and lots of room, big, big table, <laughs> lots and lots of food, big, big yard. We're going to have a great time. It's my father's house, and I want you to be there too. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and stand to your feet. Would you do that? Heaven is real. So is hell. You get to choose which place you go. God's prepared the way. There's only one way. It's through Jesus Christ. So if you don't know if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, would you please pray that simple prayer today? Whether you're right here in person or watching online, it's just a simple prayer. It's to invite Jesus into your heart. You admit the fact that you're a sinner. You are. You believe that Jesus is the only one who can save you. He is. And you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. If you've never done that, would you please do it right now? And if you do pray that prayer, come and, and tell one of our staff so that we can pray with you and help you. If you have questions, please come and talk to us because we care about you. And I want you to be in heaven. Heavenly Father, please, please right now with your Holy Spirit, lead us down the right path. I, I pray for those, dear Lord, who are lost, help them to be found today. Those who are without Jesus, help them to come to Jesus today. Those whose names are not in the book of life, I pray that today their name would be written in the book of life. Lord, for those of us who are believers, help us to rejoice in our hope, which is in heaven. Help us to be building that, that heart that has a capacity for the things of God. Help us to be pursuing you in this life. And then, dear Lord, help us to be telling others. Because, Lord, this is the most important decision any person makes. And every one of us in this room or watching online, we, we have friends and family members and co-workers and classmates who are without Jesus and without hope, and their name is not in that book. Help us, dear Lord, to be faithful, to tell them the truth in love and lead them to Jesus and salvation. Lord, I love you so much. Thank you for our church and for what this church stands for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated just for a moment. And if you've prayed a prayer this morning to invite Jesus into your heart, make sure that you talk to one of the staff today because we do want to pray for you. Uh, three things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to leave this place today and go tell somebody about Jesus. I mean, if, if we really believe in heaven and hell, if we believe heaven and hell are reality, we don't want anybody to go to hell, do we? Uh, 
We want people to go to heaven. So we need to tell them the good news. So go and tell. Number two, would you pray? Uh, I've mentioned again, we've had several people in our church pass away this week. Uh, so we have a lot of families who are grieving. Let's lift them up to the Lord and, and pray for them. Uh, many others in our church are sick. Some are in the hospital. Others are battling COVID. Some are in quarantine. Let's pray for them and, and lift them up to the Lord. And then as you walk out of the building, I'm asking that you give. Uh, our offering is, is taken up in those little black boxes out there. So drop your offering in, or again, you can give online. At 6.30 tonight, we're going to have adult Bible study, and Brother Johnny, our uh, children's pastor, is going to be teaching that lesson. So go to Facebook Live, Kavanaugh Church Facebook Live, and you can watch that this evening. 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, we're going to be both in person and online, and uh, we have things for all age groups. I want you to know that I love you very much, but even more than that, God loves you, and God wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven. Make sure you do. All right? God bless you. Have a great day. You're dismissed.